Hey there, and welcome to the North County Beat. This is a podcast from the Coast News Group. I'm Kelly Kyle. I'm the producer and the host of this lovely podcast. There is a lot of juicy news to go through today, including some updates on ongoing issues that we've been covering. So let's dive right in and get to the week's top local stories. Big news out of Palomar College this week. The board voted 3-2 to two to place college president Joy Lynn Blake on paid administrative leave, and they called for an outside investigation as a precaution. This is non-disciplinary pending investigation. Again, this is non-disciplinary and being taken as a precautionary measure to protect all parties involved. Governing Board Chair Nancy Ann Hench. The vote comes in the middle of financial troubles at the college. A state review a couple of weeks ago declared Palomar College at high risk for not being able to keep up with their debt. It hasn't been smooth sailing for college president Blake either, who last month received a vote of no confidence from faculty. Stay tuned for more updates on this story as it unfolds. At San Diego Academy last week, vandalism found on the bathroom walls contained anti-Semitic and homophobic graffiti and images. These included spray-painted swastikas and photoshopped images of Jewish faculty members superimposed on images of Nazi troops. School's principal Adam Camacho addressed Mustang families in an email last week, writing that, quote, Without reservation, we are united in denouncing this type of behavior and expression. As of right now, no one has been caught, and anyone with information is urged to come forward. The City of Vista approved several new uses for medicinal cannabis during a December 10th council meeting. Measure Z, which was passed by Vista voters in 2018, legalized medicinal marijuana in the city, and the council's recent vote now allows it to be delivered within city limits. There are currently four medicinal pot shops open in the city, with several others set to enter the scene later this month. Some updates are ahead for Camp Pendleton. The Marine Corps base just received $128 million to build a few much-needed structures. Renovations include a new mess hall and warehouse, an ambulatory care center and dental clinic, and an information center to help with crisis response. This funding is part of the National Defense Authorization Act, Congressman Mike Levin, who represents the district, including Camp Pendleton, was a big champion of several major aspects in the bill. One of the most magical parts about Christmas, hands down, is seeing those houses that go all out with their lights, their plastic reindeer, inflatable Santas. Santa here? I know him! I'm sure you've noticed some pretty incredible displays by now just from driving around the area. But if you get a chance to head to Carlsbad's Canterbury neighborhood near Cannon Road and El Camino Real, you are really in for a treat. They've got this annual contest to see who will have the best lights display. One of the front runners this year is Charlie Capps. He took it to the next level and even synced up his lights with music. Coast News reporter Steve Paterski met up with Capps and learned more about that friendly competition. Tell me about the Canterbury neighborhood Christmas light competition how it started, why you decided to get into it. Okay, so about five years ago, we, I kind of came up with this idea to um, have a Christmas light and display contest, mostly because we had had a lot of new neighbors move in and I wanted to make sure that everyone was still included and part of the neighborhood. 
and I like Christmas. I love Christmas, so I'm like, well, this would be a kind of a good merge of the two to to have a lights and display contest and, and really get people out there with their kids and meeting the neighbors and just being outside and having some good old-fashioned fun. So I came up with the idea, and it was around Halloween time when I was thinking about it, and the mayor happened to be at a neighbor's house and so I approached him to be the judge at, and he um, willingly said yes. And so we started then and it's grown um, into uh, you know, a pretty big event for the neighborhood. And you've also done some unique construction with the trees, the wooden trees around the neighborhood. Um, tell me a little bit more about that and what you, you supply you know, the other residents in the neighborhood. Right. So uh, a few years ago, um, my neighbor, Mike, and I, we came up with this kind of Dr. Seuss-looking Christmas tree that's eight foot tall. And uh, we got everyone on our street to put it up. And now other people want one. They see it and they want one. So they're scattered along in Canterbury. And they're also in a few other places in Carlsbad, too. <laughs> um, but it's a kind of fun tree. And everyone... Uh, what's kind of especially neat about it is that everyone decorates it or does whatever their family wants with the tree. And uh, so like, each tree is different, but the, yet they're the same. So it's kind of cool. And tell me, how has this brought like a sense of community or togetherness to the neighborhood? Um, I know that was something you were really wanting to do with, with this kind of competition and just, uh, you know, this whole display project. Right. So like last weekend... Um, my wife and I drove around the neighborhood and saw everyone out putting up their lights, uh, talking with one another, um, you know, so I, it's working, you know, and I think that as time goes on, it will just be, you know, a fun event for the kids and for adults as well. Keep it up, Charlie. We're rooting for you. As always, for more on these stories and other top North County news, be sure to check out the print edition of The Coast News, hot off the press every Friday. And check us out on the web at thecoastnews.com. Before we move on, we wanted to let listeners know about a Neil Diamond concert celebration on April 24th, 2020 at the Spreckles Theater. Starring Jay White, this performance will benefit Parkinson's disease research and the Magdalena Eck Family YMCA. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com or at the Spreckles Theater box office. For our last bit here, we are going to dive into a hot community issue for Cardiff residents right now. As the Coast News has reported, a judge halted major construction on the Cardiff Elementary School following claims of taxpayer waste and non-compliance with environmental regulations. There has been a lot of back and forth here between residents who say they weep for the trees and frustrated parents whose kids are attending school on a construction site indefinitely. That's why we wanted to take some time to break this down and see what's really going on here. Our story picks up on a Wednesday afternoon. It's 12.15 dismissal at Cardiff Elementary. The main entrance is buzzing with kids eagerly awaiting for their parents to make it to the front of a long line of cars backing out onto the road. Tiny voices also ring out in front of the school, but that's for a different reason. Keep our kids safe. Build our school. Keep our kids safe. Build our school. 
Nearly 100 parents and students marched on Wednesday, December 11th to voice their frustration over a judge's ruling to halt construction on the school. Now, with the project on hold indefinitely, parents like Morgan Gates say they are outraged that their kids are surrounded by construction fencing and mud pits and attending a school that's half finished. This is a temporary situation, and right now, with the construction being halted, now we're starting to look at this being more of a you know, longer-term solution to, to the construction, and that's not okay. This is not a safe environment for kids to go to school. Voters approved this project in November of 2016 through ballot measure GG. It called for much-needed updates to Cardiff Elementary, which was built in the 1950s. These updates would include a multi-purpose room and expanding parking and drop-off areas. Gates's daughter, first grader Brisbane, says she's ready for those improvements. I, I'm excited for the um, school because um, kids will have more places to play and more room in the classrooms. Brisbane and her classmates were supposed to see these new amenities by next school year, but with the hold... Cardiff Elementary School principal Julie Parker says there's no telling when they will be completed. Every single day of delay causes the students to need to be in this situation for even longer. Why the delay? Depends on who you ask. Principal Parker and parents believe it's over obstructed views as a result of construction. The group opposed to the project in its current state says they're pushing to preserve community green space. We don't oppose the construction of the school. We oppose the taking of the park that is adjacent to the school. That's Eleanor Music, a director with the Save the Park Build the School Association. This is the group of residents suing the school district over the construction plans. What's driving music isn't the ocean view. The people who live directly across the street said, this won't impact my view if they put that building. It won't. It's not the view. It never has been the view. But rather, the environmental impacts of removing mature trees and the plans to build a multi-purpose room on part of George Burkich Park, which is that land next to the school. Taking away green space when it's not necessary is, in our view, wrong. Because it's not just for the kids, it was for the entire public. The environment was what fueled the initial concerns. But as a lawyer by trade, Music dug deeper and claims the project has some legal issues. Hence the lawsuit. I don't like seeing the kids going to school in the mud, but we didn't do that. The school district did it. So what exactly did the district do? Save the Park argues two things. The first one we'll talk about is taxpayer waste. This is one reason why construction stopped. The group says that because the ballot measure didn't mention several aspects of the design, voters didn't officially sign off. A superior court judge agreed and issued a preliminary injunction which halts the construction until they go to trial on the issue in January. Wayne Brechtel, a land use attorney with Warden Williams in Solana Beach, says if this case is appealed, it'll address a bigger issue. I mean, it's kind of a case of first impression about how much of a description do you need. Is it enough to say we're going to build a new school or you have to say I'm going to build a school that's X feet tall, X feet wide here, exactly here, there. Um, I don't think that's the rule, but something in the ballot description versus what they did, the judge just found wasn't accurate. The second issue involves a state environmental law, the California Environmental Quality Act, or CEQA. The judge found the project non-compliant with CEQA and ordered all construction to stop as a result. Number two reason for the halt. The act requires an agency to complete an environmental impact report, or an EIR for short, 
to determine a project's effects on the environment. And here's where Brechtel says it gets weird. The district declared the project categorically exempt, meaning that since it was small, it would not need to run an EIR. But they still did one anyway. It's a very strange case because you normally don't hear EIR and categorical exemptions in the same sentence because normally if you do an EIR, you're not relying upon categorical exemptions. You know, you, your EIR covers everything. So apparently their EIR doesn't cover, at minimum, this park, work in the park, removal of the trees. And so that's what really, you know, I think got them tossed in the woodshed, if you will. Now let's get back to George Burkitt's Park for a moment. This is important. The district is really set on constructing the multi-purpose room away from their main campus so that it's safer when the space is used for public events like voting during school hours. Additionally, a state building permit requires Cardiff Elementary to include more parking. So before beginning this work on the parkland, the district tried to redraw the park boundaries to keep the construction out of it. This is a totally legit thing to do, and they got pretty far. But to complete the process, they need full approval from the National Park Service, and they can't get that unless they are totally compliant with CEQA. Rock meet hard place. And as these legal issues get worked out, a community is caught in the crossfire. If we let this continue the way so many of these conflicts do down this road of going to court and all these strong emotional statements that people are making to the media, then people will just get really entrenched in their positions and it'll be more difficult to resolve um, and more costly and much less satisfying. Christina Simocat is an environmental studies professor at Cal State San Marcos and she formerly served as an Encinitas City Commissioner and, get this, a mediator for the National Conflict Resolution Center. I'm perfectly sure that the people who support the park like kids just fine, and the families like trees just fine. What it comes down to is just finding out what everybody's interests are in the situation and brainstorming ways, creative ways, about how we can accomplish it. Simocat doesn't work for NCRC right now, and she's never taken cases in her hometown of Encinitas. But still, she says these land use issues aren't new for the community and often cause unnecessary tension. She sees mediation and government transparency as the path to compromise. Studies show over and over and over again that you do not get as long-lasting nor as satisfying settlements from court decisions than you do from other alternative dispute mechanisms like mediation and facilitation. Because when you go that other route, everybody's on board and they are participating in the process and they see why decisions are made the way they are. Construction at Cardiff Elementary School won't resume anytime soon. Save the Park Build, the school is open to settlement, but moving forward with the lawsuit over taxpayer waste, which again will go to trial in January. The district must also update their project to comply with CEQA regardless. So in the meantime, residents are able to voice their concerns, whatever they may be, to local government as this issue unfolds. That's a wrap for this week's episode of the North County Beat. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. Text them the link and give them the gift of North County News this year. I promise it is way cooler than it sounds. On that note, we do have a few thank yous before we go. Contributing reporters Steve Horn, Tawny McRae, Samantha Nelson, and Steve Petersky. 
Our editor-in-chief is Abraham Jewett. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. I'm Kelly Kyle. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful holiday, and we will see you next week.